It seems as though every day the devil brings out a new wrinkle, approaches us in a little different way, uh, changes the trappings and the accoutrements and the decorations of his wares, and we who have bought what he has to offer over and again found it to be useless, found it to uh, be empty, never deliver what it promises, never uh, operate properly, and never make good on a guarantee. We buy the same thing over and again, bring it into our lives, and suffer again with it just as we did before. So I believe that if we can just fix a very simple uh, formula in our minds about the way that the devil works on us very often, it will stand us in good stead and help us as we face him day by day. I think a mindset will help us. Uh, I'll tell this on Joe since he isn't here, but uh, Joe is notorious, it seems, among uh, many of the stories that are told about him. There is the one about along the second or third year of truth, which is some of you went to the truth concert when they were here. You may have seen them before. They travel with like 19 people. Uh, they have seven vocalists and 10 instrumentalists. And uh, the story is told that along the second or third year of truth, they were... Uh, at a certain place, all staying together and trying to get Joe up. And it took the bass drum and a trumpeter about five minutes to accomplish that fact. Well, just a couple of days after I met Joe, when he and I spent a night uh, together at my house, Retta was out of town and we talked and prayed far into the night, uh, he didn't quite know how to take me, so I thought I'd just see if I could buffalo him. And uh, he was telling me about this. He says, now, Charlie, you may really have to work to get me up in the morning. I said, don't worry. I say, it's all a mindset. I'm going to tell you right now, and you're going to agree in your mind that when I call you in the morning, I'm going to speak your name, and you're going to get right up. Well, I didn't really expect that it would happen, and I don't know if he was frightened or just convinced or what, or hypnotized. But the next morning, the alarm went off, and we had some appointments with various members of our committee uh, who wanted to meet Joe and talk to him. And I went to the door, and I said, Joe, it's time to get up. Well, I went about my business, and a couple of minutes later, here came Joe. Just bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, wide awake, clear, and ready to meet the world. And I think as we face the devil, it will do us good to have a mindset. A mindset, a predisposition to realize that in daily living, nothing is neutral. Now, you know, they... Uh, uh, Folks who don't really believe what the Bible says within the Christian tradition have a way of caricaturing and poking fun at people that do believe it. But yes, I want to tell you that just as plain and simple as 2 plus 2 is 4, there are very many things that we can lay a handle on like that that are black and white, cut and dried, always the same. And in the realm of daily living, nothing is neutral. The motivations that we are given uh, to act one way or the other, the suggestions that come to us from our own mind, through the media, through advertising, through the things that we see and read, all of these things have spiritual value. And they are either promptings of the Holy Spirit or they are enticements and temptations from the devil. Now we need to realize it's just that simple. And as we approach life that way, as we try to evaluate, and as the devil whispers in one ear, there is no devil, and in the other ear, well, this is a little thing, it doesn't matter, it's neutral. Don't believe it. And watch out for the way that the devil operates.
Now, I want to use one short passage of Scripture to illustrate the way he approaches us and then show you in two other places how that example holds true. Three very divergent examples from the Scripture, separated by thousands of years, that illustrate that the devil always basically, in tempting us, uses the same approach. Joshua chapter 7. The story in Joshua chapter 7 is after the battle of Jericho, the people of Israel took very lightly the matter of defeating the next enemy in their line of march into the land of promise, a little village named Ai in a neighboring village of Bethel. Well, after a sound defeat there, God revealed to Joshua that the people, Israel, had sinned against him and that the sin must be exposed and punished for the people to be cleansed and forgiven of their guilt. And in the process of discovering the sinners, it was shown publicly, as the Lord revealed it, that a certain man named Achan was the sinner. I pointed out in uh, preaching near this text the other day that we need to remember at all times that one man brought judgment on Israel, which was a nation of two and a half million people, and that within a church, any one of us, every one of us being a vital link in the chain, a, an important brick in the building as living stones we are putting together the house, the, the work, the way of God, as Peter says it to us. Everyone is vitally important in that way. And never let the devil convince you that your own spiritual condition has no ramifications for the church. It does. It does. Everyone is vitally important. In verses 20 and 21, Achan has been caught red-handed. He had several opportunities to confess his sin, but he didn't do it. God had to point him out, and only when he was unavoidably exposed publicly did he, com did he admit that he was the sinner. And here is what Achan, a sad chronicle that every one of us could chime in and tell our own testimony. Here is how it happened for him. And Achan answered Joshua and said... Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and this, or thus and thus, have I done. Notice the progression Achan gives. When I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonian garment and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, then I coveted them and took them, and behold, they are hidden in the earth, in the middle of my tent. Let us examine that progression. Here is the way in which the devil approaches us. There is always the approach through the senses. You see, we were made with a sensual dimension to us. We are physical, but when God made us, he made us in balance with the spiritual being predominant and the sensual, the physical, occupying its right place. 
But since the fall of man, man has had in common with the other animals that the sensual often wells up within him to take by animal instinct and desire of the mind and the heart control of him. And so in our fallen state, subject to the flesh, the devil does not tempt us intellectually first because it is no sane and reasonable action of anybody to choose to sin. That's foolish. You know, it always looks different when it's somebody else's sin, but remember that Adam and Eve chose a piece of fruit in preference to the perfect environment and the perfect watch care of God. Now, that's stupid. That doesn't make any sense at all. The devil always approaches us through the senses. In this case, Achan says, it was through the sight. You see, God's people were marching victoriously into the land of promise. And notice that just one small chink in the armor of Israel caused her to be defeated. Because one man out of an army of over 600,000 men yielded to temptation. And it all started, Achan said, when I saw the goodly thing, the beautiful garment, the money, very valuable, 50 shekels of silver, 50 shekels of gold, that's a lot of stuff. Very valuable. And then he says, I saw, I coveted, I coveted. It is amazing, and yet every one of us could bear testimony how it has happened in our own lives, that no matter what God does for us, it never seems to be enough. God blesses us immeasurably. All of us could, could bear witness to that. But then when we are vulnerable spiritually, the devil will come along and amplify something that we don't have. You know, chances are very good that we don't need it. Consider Achan. The people of Israel were under the watch care of God. God was giving them the whole land. Everything that they needed was being supplied. Achan had no real need for the gold or for the Babylonian garment. But when he saw it, then he coveted it. And as the devil leads us repeatedly, each one of us, down the path to sin... He constantly tells us, now there is no harm in that secret desire because you'll never do anything about it. But it didn't end there for Achan. He said, I saw the goodly thing, the valuable thing. Then I coveted them. And then he says in verse 21, and took them. I saw, I coveted, I took. And has that not been our experience? That sin which starts out as a plaything, as a toy, becomes our master. We are told 
there is no sin to look as long as you do not lust. That's the counterpart of covet. It's the same thing. And sometimes when sin breaks out in an unexpected place, in a flagrant and ugly manner, among people that we never expected to see it from, we cannot understand it. And we are shocked and we are hurt. But just remember, there is danger in feeding the sensual desire by the action of the mind in the secret place. Because as someone has very well said, what we are on the inside will eventually work its way out for the world to see. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, a man is what he thinks about all day long. The proverb said, say, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And the devil tries to tell us that we are the best that is within us, that we are what we do, but the scriptures say we are what we think. Now, are you in danger at this point as a Christian? Well, test it this way. In the quiet moment, by yourself, within your mind, think very carefully through your thoughts and your desires and the things that occupy your mind. Would you be willing to put them on paper or on the front page of the newspaper for the whole world to see? Beware, because the Scriptures say... We are what we think. Achan said, I saw, I coveted, I took. But then he compounded his guilt as he said, And behold, they are hidden in the midst of my tent. Now the tragedy of Achan's sin is the tragedy of ours. One way that the devil, as he embellishes this approach to us, one way that he tries to get to us is this. He says, now, don't worry about this. It doesn't affect anybody but you, and so it's all right. There is no such thing as sin which does not affect other people. Now, the tragedy of Achan's sin was that his sin affected the whole nation. It didn't stop at the point where it affected him only. But suppose... Let us follow Achan through the land of conquest. And suppose that Achan had never done what he did. But every day brought back to his mind, there was the vision of the thing that he coveted. It would affect his life as covetousness affects our lives. Perhaps Achan would not have been the one to have sinned. But Achan would have grown skeptical and cynical and unhappy and been unfulfilled and dissatisfied. And by that outworking in his life, it would affect the people around him. It would affect his family. This is why the scriptures say, be content with such things as you have. I saw, I coveted, I took, and 
Behold, they are hidden in the midst of my tent. The tent was the place of his dwelling. It was his home. It was the center of his life. And from the center of his dwelling place, when the earth was searched, it gave forth the product of his sin, which cost him his life. We read in verses 24 and 25, And Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan the son of Zerah, the silver, the garment, the gold, his family, all of his possessions. And all Israel stoned him with stones and burned them with fire after they had stoned them. The sin of Achan. Unless you think it is an isolated thing, think with me back to the perfect world of Eden. A world where there was no war with the elements, where there was peace between man and all of nature and all of the animal world, where there was no wind and no rain, no hot, no cold, where the earth of her own free will brought forth her bounty to serve the man and his wife. And see there as Eve strolls amongst the beauties of the garden and the enemy of God lurks nearby and he points out in subtle ways, a tree forbidden. One thing in the whole world, one thing out of all of nature was forbidden. But the devil pointed it out and Eve saw it. And if you will read yonder there in Genesis of the, the account of the temptation in chapter 3, you will read how Eve saw it. And then she saw that it was good for food, and she desired it. She coveted it. And then she took it. And then she ate it. And it became the seed of destruction for the whole human race. See how the pattern holds? The very first time that Satan approached mankind. He used the same approach. He pointed out, and Eve saw. Seeing it, her human nature took over, and she coveted it, and then she took it and ate it. And then notice with me in James chapter 1. James, the half-brother of our Lord, pointing out the way that Satan tempts us. Now, from the creation of the world when Adam and Eve sinned to Joshua's day was a period of thousands of years. From the period of Joshua to the writing of James was about 1,500 years. So we're talking about a time span that covers human history here. And James says, beginning in verse 13 of chapter 1, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempts he any man. Notice the sequence here now, beginning in verse 14. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away by his own lust or desire. First of all, there has to be that sensual perception, that temptation through the senses... We see it. There it is again. Every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own desires, his own lust, and then enticed. 
Now that enticement, that is the bait the devil uses. But first, the sensual desire has to be awakened and we have to cooperate that far. There it is, drawn away by our own lust. We see, enticed, we covet. Then when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. That is the taking and the hiding or the taking and the eating, the performing of the sin. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. Just as it was for Achan, there are the steps. The sensual nature is appealed to. The bait is dangled. Then we perform the act. And sin, when it is finished, produces death. Adam and Eve died because they sinned. Achan, in a very immediate way, died because of his sin. But all of mankind, James says, just as it has been from the beginning, is tempted through the senses which in our human nature are blown out of proportion to the spiritual. Then the bait is dangled, then we act, and then we die. Perhaps if we can grasp that the approach is the same, oh, how creative he is, for it seems as though nobody ever has enough to be satisfied. It's not in our human nature. That's one of the real frustrations that... Uh, everybody deals with and a Christian has a way out of that frustration but people who don't know Jesus don't that frustration of having a goal of desiring something and then when we get it it doesn't satisfy us I have used a story a couple of times and attributed it to the wrong man I attributed it to J.P. Morgan the founder of the U.S. Steel Company and I found out that it was John D. Rockefeller who said it John D. Rockefeller, a fine Christian man, a benevolent man who gave away literally tens of millions of dollars, was asked one day, how much money is enough for a man? And with very little hesitation, Rockefeller thought, and he said, for most men, it is always just a little more. Just a little more. So we need to remember how he works. He attacks us where we are vulnerable, and he knows where that is. Have you ever noticed that the devil very seldom bothers you in an area of your life that you've really got control of? He very seldom bothers you in an area where you're not vulnerable, but he finds the vulnerable spot. He entices the senses, then he dangles the bait, and we take it very often. I don't know how clear this is, but I'd be happy to talk to you about it or answer any questions or hear your comments if you have any about this matter from James 1 or Joshua chapter 7. Anything, anybody? Thank you. Go ahead. I can't really answer that. Uh, in that day, I can say this, that God, as God still does, God held the man completely responsible.